Good morning. Welcome to Willow Park Church on this Mother's Day. To all the mums out there, I want to give you a big hug and say happy Mother's Day. For those of you uh, who are in England, don't panic. Um, Yes, it's happened for you. But here in Canada, today is Mother's Day. And I'm delighted and thrilled that we've been able to give out flowers at the church, have a drive through, welcome people here. And, um, and it's been a real blessing. So hopefully you would have got a flower or will get a flower in some way. But we want to uh, wish you a very happy Mother's Day. We step into this service by... Uh, thinking about the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I want to thank you that if you're joining us uh, for the very first time, what a great time to join. If you're just dipping your toe into Willow Park Church, enjoy and may the Lord bless you. And for those that are regular online, our online campus, our online community, we are blessed that you have joined us. And I pray that today, through the worship And through the time that God will minister to you. Let me pray a prayer of blessing. Father, thank you for all the mothers this morning. Thank you for them. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for the way that they care. And I pray, Lord, that you will encourage them and bless them. And wrap your arms around them. And give them that, uh, uh, that great day. Great day of celebration. That great day of excitement. Uh, I'm excited about it and I'm blessed that we can celebrate uh, the way that our mums truly have uh, sown into our lives in so many wonderful ways. So bless us, Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to hand over now to Chris and Jesse. They're going to lead us in a time of worship and I'll be back to share something really significant about India and uh, what is taking place and how we can step in, not step over, and how we can help. Thank you. Good morning, church family. I'm Chris, and this is Jesse, and we're super excited to lead worship for you this morning. Um, Would you just join me as I open up in prayer and as we just invite the Holy Spirit into our homes and to the place that we're all listening to this? Um, And I just bless you in the place that you are that that the Holy Spirit would um, speak to you and, and speak revelation upon your life. So, yeah, God, we we love you. Thank you for worship, God, the gift of worship, the gift of music and song that we get to um, be creative and we get to um, sing out loud to you, the King of Kings. Would you just anoint this time of worship, Holy Spirit? Would you use us um, and... Go before us this morning, this week, and this year. We love you so much. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thank 
Jealous for me, he loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful. You are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us so. And oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Yeah, he loves us. And oh, how he His portion, He is our prize. 
thoughts of redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss in my Every song we could ever sing and Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring and Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you In Jesus' name above every other name 
Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. We live for you. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Jesus Jesus the name above every other name the only one you could ever say worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you we live for you holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my I will 
there's none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Yeah, God, that's our prayer. God, that we would build our lives upon your word, God, upon your truth of who you are. And God, we just thank you for this time together to worship as one body, as your church. We thank you for this time just to, just to reflect, to sing songs of praise and adoration, to sing songs that are the cries of our hearts that are prayers from our soul. Yeah, God, we just love you so much and we thank you for this time together. Amen. Build my life. That's exactly what the Lord wants to do. He wants to come and to work and to build. What a process that is. I feel like the Lord's been renovating my life for quite a long time. He's had to bring in the wrecking ball and had to bring in the bulldozer and had to, uh, it's a full job. It's a full rebuild actually with my life. And, uh, but what he's creating is pretty wonderful. I have to be honest, the way that he's shaping my life and leading me. I'm so uh, blessed that his ongoing process, that, aren't you? Within your life, he is shaping you. Well, as you can see, I've got uh, here North Indian COVID-19 relief. I was contacted this week uh, by our denominations mission agency, Multiply, formerly known as MB Missions. And Multiply uh, wrote to me because of our connection into northern India and because of our long-standing relationship over 12 years with India. First of all, on a number level, you know that we have uh, supported children's homes, that we have supported education for children and to go on to further education to college, university. As a result of this, those individuals have planted churches, done remarkable things. And there's something like nine churches directly connected uh, to us. And Multiply contacted us because they are our connection point, of course. And they said, Pastor Phil, there are pastors in trouble. There are families in need. There are congregations of MB churches in India that need help. There are your own students who you've supported, who have now been ministering and helping to start churches that are running out of money, that are finding it difficult to cope, that their savings have gone. And we want to invite and let you know about this. And we want to invite Willow Park Church into this journey to be able to bring relief to those connections that we have in the MB family in India. For example, pastors have died because of COVID already. 
Pastors have survived and yet they are now facing hundreds and hundreds of dollars of medical bills that they have no money to be able to pay. There are students that have come through our homes that have no money and are wondering where food will come from. The need, immediate need, is about 5,000 US dollars a month for the next couple of months. The overall need is around 30,000 Canadian dollars. Now, I know your heart. I know what I feel about this. I know that I have watched the shocking and painful images that have come uh, from, from India. We're seeing images that we only kind of see in, on, on black and white photographs from the Spanish flu era a hundred years ago when the Spanish flu pandemic took place and killed 50 million people and more. Well, we have an opportunity because it feels like such a big problem in India. We have an opportunity to focus our generosity, our care, our giving in a direction that we know that it will go to people that are connected to our family. It's a little bit like the church of Antioch that saw the famine that would come to Jerusalem for four years. And what did they do? They took an offering, they gave, and they sent the apostle Paul to Jerusalem with the money to help them with the famine that was taking place. In some respects, this is a famine because people are hungry. Pastors are hungry. Students are hungry. And, but it's a pandemic. So people are dying. And we can see and we know because the news coverage is uh, daily and shocking. So I want to ask you, if you go to our website and details will come up on the screen and follow the link. We have our North Indian COVID-19 relief appeal starting this weekend. And can I ask you to give and to give generously? Certainly the Holy Spirit's told me what I should give sacrificially. Uh, like many of us, we got our tax uh, refunds and the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me. This week, I want you to give this amount sacrificially. That means it oh, actually it, it pinches but it should pinch when we give sacrificially and regularly and generously. And this is an opportunity to pinpoint our giving to the church in India that we have prayed for for a decade. Will you give? Will you go right now? Will you follow the link? Will you give and support? Can you drop a check off at the church? And let's try and reach this first 5,000. My dream would be that within a week we'll have 30,000. And that money will go to those that need it immediately. So, Father, we pray that you will guide us and lead us and help us. We truly want to step into the crisis in India. It's an unprecedented moment and we will not be found asleep. And so, Lord, we activate all the prayers of a decade of praying for India. And now we respond to this moment. Thank you, Lord. As we look at these emblems, they remind me 
that the body of Christ was broken for the world. A broken world, a world in darkness. But he came to bring light. Friends, take the bread, give thanks for the body of Christ that was broken for you to bring hope to this dying world and eat it in prayerful remembrance of all that he did for us by paying the price for our sin. The blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. We thank you, Lord, that we were once condemned, that we were once guilty, but the blood of Jesus atoned for us and changed us. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. The blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and thank you for your generosity and stepping into this. And I look forward to giving you more reports and knowing where our generosity, our gifts are going. Let's go now to the Willow News. Thank you. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us today. Here is your family news. We have two important meetings coming up at the end of May. Our finance meeting is happening on May 26th at 7 p.m. and our all-church meeting on May 27th at 7 p.m. Both of these meetings will be happening online using Zoom. Please register to attend at willowparkchurch.com meeting. We look forward to seeing your kids every Sunday at Kids Church. We have in-person Kids Church available every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at both our Rutland and Mission locations. We also have Kids Church Online, which streams on Sundays at 8.30 a.m. As always, you can also watch Kids Church On Demand anytime on our website, Facebook, or YouTube. We have some exciting news for all of you who enjoy camping. You are invited this summer to our Willow Park Church at Pines Bible Camp. Camping is available July 5th to 16th, and we will have special activities for all ages planned for the weekend of July 9th to 12th. Registration is now open, so be sure to register today as space is limited. Hey, Willow Park Church, Jordan Pilgrim here. This past year has been difficult, a long winding road as we navigate this pandemic, as we walk through this difficult time. We at Willow Park Church have been trying to find ways that we can help you and help us to be able to meet new people, meet people that have maybe just come to this church over this past year, or maybe allow you as a person to come into a place where you can finally meet some people or finally just talk to some people that you haven't talked to for a while. So Willow Park Church is teaming up with Pines Bible Camp near Grand Forks in Southern BC to give us two weeks of camp. From July 5th to the 16th, we have the camp to ourselves to come and bring your trailers, bring your tents, 
and register there to be there, to be relaxed and to be in a safe, physically distanced atmosphere and to have some refreshment for your soul. So for the two weeks during the week, we just want to have a relaxing time where you can take some time to take in the area, take in Southern BC. There's some beautiful waterfalls, there's Christina Lake, there's some hikes, and there's some mountain biking. There's also a wonderful river that we can do a two and a half hour float down that is all set up for us there. So we want to encourage you to take some time this summer to come to camp. On the weekend from the 9th to the 12th, we will also have a bit more of a programmed camp with kids programming, youth programming, family programming, and a time for us to come again physically distanced, safe, but also get to know some people, get to meet some people, and just to relax and be in God's presence. Pines Bible Camp has so much stuff to do there. There's a wonderful ropes course, there's archery, there's wall climbing, and so many more things to do there. This summer, our goal is to give us a chance to relax and to be in God's presence and to be in each other's presence and to start to refresh our souls, to start to nurture what God has done in our lives. I want you to head to willoparkchurch.com and register there and find a place, find a time, invite some friends, invite some family in a safe, physically distanced manner. We want to give you an opportunity to meet some people and to be refreshed this summer. I hope to see you this summer, July 5th to the 16th. And the weekend is the 9th to the 12th. God bless. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. How wonderful to be together and how glorious to be able to speak about the work and the power of the Holy Spirit and start to unpack uh, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit within our lives. At the end of this message, uh, Pastor Kurt is going to rejoin me. And he's going to lead us in a time of just simple worship so that you can create a holy space to just engage with the Lord at a, at a more intimate, deeper level. So just be aware of that. Prepare your heart for that as we step into the journey. Well, I only got halfway through my sermon and the danger of a recap is that I'll end up recapping my sermon and preaching. But we talked about that the Holy Spirit is, of course, ignored and misunderstood. The Holy Spirit is a person. He thinks, speaks, guides and grieves. We must be aware that there is a capability within our lives to be stubborn towards the Holy Spirit and to resist the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Human beings are very good at being stubborn and resisting. And it's a sad thing when we become stubborn and we resist the work of the Spirit of God within our lives. Of course, what does the Holy Spirit do? It gives us birth. It gives us access to the Father. He uh, helps us to pray. He helps us to understand God's word. He develops our character and empowers us to minister. These are the six areas that I highlighted about the work of the Holy Spirit. I can even hear my own own words that sometimes I slip into it. It's neither an it. Uh, The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is eternal. The Holy Spirit is, is the truth. 
He brings the truth as the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit was present at creation. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit teaches us things. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and and convicts us of our sin and the work within our lives. Uh, the Bible teaches that we can even blaspheme the Holy Spirit by denying who Jesus Christ truly is. So we understand the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings things to our remembrance. He he brings things that we've forgotten and he reminds us beautiful things. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. The Holy Spirit comes and com- leads people to Jesus Christ for salvation. It's wonderful. The Holy Spirit builds character and fruit within our lives. And the Holy Spirit keeps renewing us. By the way, I've just gone through 21 things that the Holy Spirit does. Those 21 things come from R.T. Kendall and his brilliant book uh, about uh, the fire of the Holy Spirit. But he kind of captures the 21 things that the Holy Spirit does in a person's life. And we'll be unpacking those in a lot more detail. But these are six things that the Holy Spirit does. And of course, Jesus uh, ministered by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And though he was God... He did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to be with him and to do his ministry. This is where we finished. So let's continue. Jesus claimed that he did ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of the sight for the blind and release for the oppressed. All of Jesus' ministry, really this is what was on the tin. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus made it incredibly clear that it wasn't his divinity that enabled him to do those things. It was the fact that he was born human, but he modeled to us a life that was sinless and had a beautiful connection with God and was able to minister and bring freedom into lives. And I love this about the work of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes and is with us and guides us. Last week I spoke about how the Holy Spirit is often uh, seen like a wind that comes into our burning lives and blows away the toxics and the pain and and. All that is there and he brings like a house fire when the fire um, uh, fighters come and they bring a fan. And as they bring this fan, it blows away all of the toxins because of the breath of God at work. 
And very much the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. The very nature of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to anoint us as Christians to continue the work of the Holy Spirit in, in the world. And we want to see people who are oppressed, people who are blind, people who are broken. But Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He was very aware that all he did was to do with his reliance, with his relationship with God, building that intimacy and that closeness. And, and there's no easy way with this. There's no quick remedies. The very nature of Christian life is built in a sense that we go deeper into a devotional life with Christ. That we learn to pray. That we learn to read the Bible. That we learn to be in God's presence. And by communing with God. And it's frightening. In R.T. Kendall's book, he writes about that, that shocking, shocking, that very often uh, pastors can only spend about four or five minutes a day in prayer. <clears throat> and yet he challenges us as pastors to spend an hour or two hours a day in prayer daily with the Lord, with the scriptures and with the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And you know that is something that I believe in. And that the life of a Christian is formed in that intimate place where we have our devotional life. Where we set time aside to pray and to journal. Where we engage in an intimate, glorious relationship with God. Otherwise we become dry. Otherwise we become Pharisees. Otherwise we get lost in our own religious nature of our knowledge. But it's not that living and beautiful and life-giving relationship that we receive from God and the Holy Spirit at work within our lives. So we should minister by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm always saying to our pastors, are you praying? I remember I had a mentor and he used to slap me on the back of my um, shoulder and ask me, how are you doing with your relationship with Jesus today? And then he'd look at me and say, have you been intimate with Jesus today? It was a bit off-putting. It was a great um, pastor really encouraging, went on to be a Bible school uh, president and he'd say to you, how is your relationship? Have you had time with God? In fact, when I first met him, I was going into his city to speak in all the high schools and do a youth event and a big evangelistic campaign. And it's the only time anybody has scheduled prayer times in my program. He said, you preach here, preach here, preach there, and here, pray for two hours in the basement. Pray for an hour in the basement. Pray over here in the basement. Basically because my bedroom was in the basement of his house. So he'd say, I'm off now, Phil, to pray for an hour. You go and pray downstairs as well. I'd go downstairs, close the door. And when I first arrived, I kind of looked around the bedroom thought, what am I doing here? I mean, I've got to pray. 
For an hour? Really? <clears throat> I mean, what, I was 19 years old. <clears throat> Pray for an hour? Really? And then I opened the Bible and started to read the book of Isaiah. And as I read through the book, when a verse spoke to me, I would linger and stop and pray into that verse. Then I'd read on and the verse would speak to me and I would linger and pray at that moment. And I would realize that I was getting closer to God. And then I'd keep reading the scripture and another verse would speak to me and I would travel all around the world in my prayers. I would connect with people. I would pray for people. It was fantastic. It was glorious. It was a bit awkward at first. <laughs> it really was. I really, you know, I mean, at best, locking a 19-year-old in a room and uh, telling him to pray for an hour is quite an event. But I was a travelling speaker by then and... But I didn't know how to pray. And if you know me now, you know that my great passion in life is long prayer walks. That when I go on walks, it's always to pray and to commune. Why? Because we can only minister by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way we can do effective ministry is through communing and working with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, I believe that life is ministry. I believe that you will be a better parent. I believe that you're a better employee, a better business owner, a better husband. If you learn to spend time alone with God in your life, this is not a time for weakness. This is not a time for us to back off. This is a time for us to dive in deep and to dive in deep and to connect with the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't allow yourself to lose the passion. Bring God into your family. Bring God into your life. Bring God into your circumstances. Bring God into your workplace. Bring God into your business. Bring God into your world. And take that seriously. Whether you teach Sunday school or whether you volunteer, whether you run a care group, whatever you are doing, whatever you are doing, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Imagine the power that the church has with all of these believers. Jesus was always in one spot. Now there are people all over the world, in every country, 195 countries around the world, where there are people standing for Jesus and the Lord is with them and the Holy Spirit is in them. And truly, we are a global movement. And so... This promise is here for us. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living waters will flow within him. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believe in him were later to receive. 
I've used a lot of metaphors so far. I've talked about the fan of the wind of God blowing through a burning house to get rid of the toxins. I've talked about that inviting Jesus to fill us in our lives is to allow him to come in every room of our house, even the attic and the basement. And often we keep Jesus in the porch and we say hello to him on Wednesdays and on Sundays, but he's not involved in the rest of our lives. But to be a spirit-filled Christian means that we are willing to open up our lives. And as it were, in our, in our houses of our own lives, we throw the windows open. We open the doors. We say, come Lord, with your breath, with your living water, with your life and blow through the windows of our life and fill our temples with your presence and with your power. And that has to be a desire that we keep asking, that we want the Holy Spirit to be with us and lead us and keep guiding us step by step. When I was young, uh, I used to go and spend my summers in a place in Lancashire called Burnley. It's an old mill town. Uh, it's not so far away across the Pennines to a place uh, where the Bronte sisters once wrote the great Withering Heights and the great uh, books that they wrote there in Yorkshire. It's on the edge of those hills. And, and if you go the other direction towards the Irish Sea, you have Lan Lancashire and you have Cumbria. And northern Lancashire into southern Cumbria you have a very interesting place. It is an area called Morecambe Bay. Morecambe Bay is 120 square miles of estuary sand. It's where the Irish Sea comes in. It's like a tabletop of sand. And there are five rivers that go into this place, like snakes weaving and going around and, and Morecambe Bay has been a, a place that, that people go to, well, first of all, on holiday from the Victorian ages because of the long beaches. But what you discover is that if you walk out into the bay, the tide goes, literally goes out miles and miles. But there's a time when the tide turns and it starts coming in. And the tide literally gallops. And on Morecambe Bay, people have driven their cars in days gone by. They've taken their carts on there. And the bay itself, 120 square miles of sand, is so dangerous. First of all, the sea can come in so quickly that you can find that you're trapped. Secondly, there are spots on the flat tabletop of Morecambe Bay, that if you walk, you can actually get stuck in quicksand. They call it cow's belly because it wobbles. And you walk on the sand and it wobbles. And since about the Tudor age, there's a really cool job that a man can get. And I guess a woman, but I know that it has been, it's called the King's Guide. The King's Guide. Today, his name is Cecil Robinson. He is 
the Queen's Guide of Morecambe Bay. And what his job is, and the 25 other guides over the centuries that have had this job, it's a lifetime job, you get a house overlooking the bay, and your job is to guide thousands of people when they want to walk across the bay. And he knows how to walk without getting stuck in the quicksand. He knows how the tides work. So you're going to get trapped by the galloping tides. I was there once because we used to go there every summer when a car drove out a lovely brand new station wagon. I was about 10 years old and the tide galloped in and this poor station wagon got stuck and its tires started to sink. And then it started to go and this brand new car The tide came in and swirled around it. I was excited. You know, I was 10 years old. I swam out and I helped get all their their clothes out and their suitcases out. And then at the end of the day, we watched the car go up and go down. It had gone into the sands of Morecambe Bay. So Cecil Robinson works for the Queen and has the official title of the Queen's Guide. If there's a king... That post is done by the king's guide. So people come and he walks across the bay and guides them to different spots and takes them to other villages. And he does this by dropping a branch with leaves on at certain spots. He knows the movement of the winds, the tides. He knows how the sand works. He knows how dangerous it can be. In fact, in I think it was 2004, sadly, 25 cockle pickers from China died all together because the tide came in and they were caught like so many, many other people. Except Cecil knows the way. And when we think about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, one aspect of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit guides us. He is the King's guide. He is the Lord's guide. And the world is full of quicksand and problems and difficulties. Sometimes you turn around and the tide is galloping towards you. You see the dips and the swerves. And it feels like the whole world has become like Morecambe Bay. Like, like where do I go? Where do I believe? Which way do I follow? Will I get stuck? Literally, if you get stuck a foot deep in some of the sand there, You need mechanical help to get you out. Otherwise, you will die. It's that dangerous. And that's why the role of the king's guide is critical to find your way to the right place. The Holy Spirit does exactly that within our lives. The Holy Spirit is the king of kings and the Lord of lords guide to us. And as we travel through this world, we need to learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit is guiding us, what to avoid, where to go, how to move forward. We need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit within our lives, within our families, and be guided by him. And if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, streams of living waters will flow from within him. 
Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll be unpacking this. But it's about how much you are willing to surrender your life to be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill you and what? Control you. Now, we know what wine does. (laughs) Wine makes us happy. Wine makes us relaxed. Wine can make us feel peaceful. If you drink enough wine, something strange happens. This is what happens in England. People start to love each other. We always joke that when somebody's had too much to drink, they always go, I love you. I love you. Does that happen in Canada? You know, you remember that your parent had too much to drink, perhaps, and then suddenly becomes full of love and affirmation and encouragement, full of full of joy, full of laughter. And you think, I wish you could be like this all the time. I love you. You're great. We often joke in England that you're in an English pub and when somebody gets keeps drinking, then suddenly everybody becomes their family and everybody is loved and declaring, I love you all. It's a bit embarrassing. You see, what Paul is actually saying is that when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of you and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't become hard or an effort to love people. It's not hard to bless people. It's not hard to encourage people. Because the Spirit is filling you, is with you. And I think that's why, because believe me, wine was as strong then as it is today. And everything I've read about ancient history, they were quite capable of dying of alcoholism. In fact, a number of the ancient Greek kings did and affected so much of their lives. So don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. True. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. So the Apostle Paul is saying, don't rely on anything else in life, using wine as an example. Rely on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to fill and control you. Yes, Lord, I want this. I'm desperate for it. Yes, Lord, I want you to come and to fill and to control me. But you might say, how? Well, first of all, it starts with desire. And very simply, we've got a desire to have a spiritual encounter with God because the Holy Spirit can be resisted. Starts with a desire. You don't have to manufacture anything. You don't need excess. It's nothing that you know, is there to freak us out. It starts with a beautiful, beautiful desire to be closer to God. That's it. Lord, fill me. I have the desire to be closer. Let love be your highest goal. 
That's a great verse. But also desire the special abilities of the Spirit gives, especially the gift of prophecy. We'll be devoting and unpacking the gift of prophecy. But it's that simple desire to desire the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have to ask. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, and how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Luke eleven thirteen. Are you asking? Are you asking that God will fill you every day? Every day. Saying, Lord, come and fill me. This has been challenging again for me this week. Getting up every morning, going to have my quiet time, thinking about the Lord. I have my routine, but I always pause and outside where I like to go and I like to be. And I like to kind of look towards the rising sun. I again this morning said, Lord Jesus, fill me afresh. Fill me. I desire it and I ask for it. Come and fill me. I need him to do it. It's not anything I can produce. The pressure's off. Just you and God. God, come and do something in my way. Come and work. Come and, and minister in my life. You have to be willing to receive. Then he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, the apostle Peter was clearly filled again and again. And there was a, a pattern of renewal that took place. But we have to be willing to receive. And sometimes receiving is just simply pausing. Creating the space and just allowing God to do what he wants to do. I mean, I know that it's God's will that you and I fall more deeply, more devoted to Christ in our lives. But we have to be willing to receive. So we have to desire, we have to ask, we have to receive. Keep being filled with the Spirit. Peter was filled repeatedly. Acts 2, 4, 4, verse 8, 4, 31. Maybe he leaked. We just need that. That ongoing presence and that ongoing receiving his presence in our life. The promise of the Spirit is for everyone. Not for special people. For everybody. Who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Often when we sense the spirit at work in our lives. It usually is perceptible. You just receive a moment an awareness of. Of perhaps a sense of divine peace. Of an inner joy. Of a well-being. You feel yeah. You just kind of know. There's a deep knowledge that is there that is sort of perceptible. Others notice it. What's going on with you? You don't seem as critical. You don't seem as angry. You don't seem as judgmental. You don't seem as bitter. Well, I'm letting the king's guide 
guide me through life so I'm not getting stuck in quicksand. I'm not being overwhelmed by the tide of worry and anxiety. I'm following the spirit in my life and it seems to be working because I'm not willing to be angry and bitter because that grieves the Holy Spirit in my life and stops him working. I'm, I'm setting down all the negative attitudes and bringing all the positives. Some have an overwhelming sense of God's love, like in Romans 5, 5, Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. There's a moment of release of praise and joy where you just are sat there and you just keep Keep praising him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He comes and meets with us. And at the end of this session, a few moments as uh, Pastor Curtis comes and joins me and we'll start to play. We are going to be asking, Lord, come and let the praise come. Let that praise flow within our lives. And then some speak in tongues. Some speak in tongues. Others don't. But often that's just an expression that you run out of words of what to say. And people step into a kind of other language of love and deep appreciation. Words and groans. And, but it has a touch of profound love and grace that flows. So the promise of the Spirit is for every one of us. Curtis, come and join me now. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy he wants to pour out his spirit on each one of us so maybe now make a decision I desire it I ask for it and I take some space to receive it and I'm going to do this every day of my life because in the tides of life, in the quicksands of our journey, we can easily get lost and get trapped and get caught and watch areas of our life sink into the sand and disappear. But let's open the windows of our lives and let the breath of God come into every room and air our houses, our temples, our lives and say, Lord, come. I welcome you. And now I receive this time. So just pause now. Father, I pray that you will come by the power of the Spirit and that where we are right now, as Curtis leads us, that we will just simply receive from you now. In Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, come and blow and move in me.
May the pillar of fire come close to you now. Just rest. And let God move and let God work. In Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Soul of heaven, heart of God, wash over me. Soul of heaven, heart of God, wash over me. Cleanse me, teach me, hold me, reach me. Soul of heaven, heart of God, wash over me Holy Presence love divine cast out my fear Holy Presence love divine cast out my fear shield me free me call me lead me holy presence love divine cast out my fear There's nothing worth more 
that will ever come close no thing can compare you're our living hope your presence I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord your presence Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood our hearts, fill this atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome and filled by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Awaken. My soul, come awake. To hunger, to seek, to thirst. Awaken, first love. Come awake, mm -hmm. and do as you did at first. Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me. Come wake me from my sleep Blow through the caverns of my soul Pour in me to overflow 
this place let your glory now invade my heart come spirit fill this place fill this space let your glory now invade invade spirit of the living god come fall afresh on me come wake me from my sleep blow through the caverns of my soul pour in me to overflow to overflow fill my cup overflow Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me. Come wake me from my sleep. Wash over us, Holy Spirit. Cleanse us, guide us. Lead us. Hold us and reach us. We rely on you. For our strength, for our joy, for our wisdom. You are a lamp unto our feet. Call me, lead me, wash me, free me, fill me, Holy Spirit. Amen. Be filled.